Hello, all. Welcome to the Ex Millennial Man Podcast, the podcast for SeedSing.com. I am your host, R.D. Kulik, and with me here is the man who represents what all men should man do for the rest of their man lives, and that's the man, Ty. How are you today, Ty? Hi, everybody. I'm doing good. I will say I'm, I'm kind of nervous because you were sick last week. My wife had the stomach flu. My daughter got it. My best friend has COVID right now, so I just feel like something's about to come down on me hardcore. Uh, yeah, I was... Soon. It was rough. It was, it was, I got up one morning and it decided to come out in the exact same consistency of both sides of me. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> I was driving uh, where my son goes to school and where we live. It's about 20 miles or so. And he had a, a meeting for track or something in the evening. So I'm like, I oh, will stop and get dinner somewhere. So I'm literally maybe five miles from home, and I had to go pull over and do a gas station because it was like <laughs> rough stuff, dude. I wasn't gonna tell you my what my wife had the stomach flu, my kid had it after that, and my best friend has COVID, a pretty bad case of COVID. Well, he's I'm, not in the hospital though. No, it's okay, no, he's yeah. at home. But yeah, he got that Gates vaccine, so they can track him and find where he is. Again, as you told me yesterday, <laughs> and I say all the time, give me a shot every day if it'll help. <laughs> Even if I get COVID, if it'll make it not as bad as it was. Almost three years ago is when this all started. Yes. Yeah. That's crazy. I still tell people the day the world changed is March 13th, 2020. March 16th was when they shut down everything right. here, 2020. And I, I told you off mic, I'm going to run my first race in a year this Sunday. The last time I ran this race was March 10th of 2020. I don't know if you've seen the new party down. Yeah, oh, yeah. Where yeah. at Ken Marino at the beginning says, man, 2020 is going to be a great year. <laughs> yeah. But it, prior to all that, he's having a really bad day. <laughs> <laughs> well, Ty, are we having fun yet? That's all I can Always. say. Always. That's such a good show. So uh, <laughs> let me ask you, do you feel like you're a man? Uh, yeah, sure. I got a beard. I have the body parts of a man. We're going to get into some kind of heavy things here and there, and I'm going to upfront apologize to Google here. I also mm -hmm. want to welcome in our, our newest employee. I don't know if you've seen this or not, but if you um, tried ChatGPT at all. Heck yeah, I've tried ChatGPT. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> it, it is literally, I'm going to have it to start writing um, podcasts for us because okay. one of the things I started off, this one to do this topic, is to talk about toxic masculinity. And what mm -hmm. it means to be a man in today's world. Now, this is kind of a soft uh, premiere. I'm going to start doing a show called Old, Ordinary, and White, taking that from the whole, um, I can't remember who it was, Etta James or someone that said, it was Etta James, yeah, yeah, to be young, gifted, and black. And it maybe, was maybe Billy Holiday. Yeah. Know. It was weird because I've, I don't know if you've seen Wakanda Forever yet. Not yet. I'm actually going to watch it the day after we record this. Okay, yeah. It, I will say, the Wakanda Forever does refer to its runtime. It is a long movie. <laughs> yeah. I just watched Tar, so, I, oh. you know. <laughs> and I, I mean, I'm not doing this as a review of Wakanda Forever. I thought, I, I thought there is a good movie in there. There are definitely some issues I had with that movie. I have a podcast coming up that I'm going to talk to you about, quote-unquote, Marvel fatigue. Not superhero fatigue, but Marvel fatigue. Yeah. And it's uh, definitely there. Yeah, and Wakanda Forever really kind of put that one in me. Having said all that stuff, that movie, the the last shot of the movie, uh, amazing. 
amazing. I'm stoked to watch. Made it, it totally worth watching just for that okay. final shot. But there's a, a scene. There's a there's a character, Riri Williams, who in the more modern sense of Marvel Comics is a. She's the new Iron Man, basically. She's this oh. young African-American girl who basically takes – I know in the comics Tony Stark's still alive, but obviously in the Marvel movies, spoiler alert, he's dead. Uh-huh. But uh, yeah. she's in this movie, and there's she said at one time, yeah, to be young, gifted, and black. And I remember thinking to myself, you know what? I'm just white, ordinary, and old, and I probably have more of a say in the world than she does. So I know a lot of you guys are mad at me for saying that now, but – I'm going to talk about how we got here, Ty. So I went to chat GPT and I just said, what's toxic masculinity? And it gave me a bunch of words. That's literally all I wrote, but I'm going to read the end of it here, the last paragraph. It's important to note that toxic masculinity is not the same as being a man or having masculine traits. Rather, it's a harmful set of behaviors and attitudes that can be exhibited by both men and women. Addressing toxic masculinity involves challenging and changing these harmful cultural norms and promoting healthier and more positive expressions of masculinity. Pretty smart for a machine. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think I could have said that any better myself if I sat down and tried to perfectly word it if I were to write a blog about it. Yeah. So let me go all the way back here. The term men's rights or men's rights movement, Okay. So stupid. <laughs> so, but, but like a lot of what we're going to talk about, even as I go into the second half into some of the more modern figures, I'm going to tell you the truth, Ty. I understand the allure. It's what happens is once they catch you in the net, what goes for next? And the beginning <laughs> yeah. of the quote unquote men's rights, yes, there's a lot of misogyny in it, but there's some things that came out of it that, that are meaningful that I think are definitely helpful. Now, having said that, and I'm going to say this on the other podcast probably every single time, white men have had control of the world for like 6,000 years, and look where the hell it got us. I was going to say, I was telling, you know, I go run with my best friend, you know, every week, and him and I will talk about topics like this. We'll talk about racism. We'll talk about politics and stuff, but we both have to preface it every time with, I understand that I'm a suburban, heterosexual, white male in his 40s. Like, Mm -hmm. we don't have it hard at all. No. And we live in this era of, yeah, we, we don't have to worry about anything. And that frightens me even more because mm-hmm. there's people who don't have that sensibility. So the term men's rights actually first appeared in uh, 1856 in Putnam's Magazine. Actually, the author was discussing women's rights. So again, 1856 and calling it a new movement for social reform or even a political revolution, which the author proposed would be a counter to men's rights. So very academic kind of idea. As time has gone on, be it uh, through women's – or not women's liberation, but uh, women's suffrage, the right to vote and all that stuff, there became groups of men that arose out about how – Women are getting too many rights, and it's going to take away rights from us. Because this is how it always works, especially with with white men. When somebody else starts getting rights, they're like, oh, you're going to take rights away from me. I think somebody said, it's not a pie, people, okay? It's not like you get half the pie and somebody comes and takes a piece of yours. You have less than half. I saw a great cartoon one time where it showed three people, a really tall person, middle height, and a short person, and they're looking over a fence, and two of them can't see over, so they put different size boxes, and they said, this is what equality is, okay? (laughs) This is, it's not about taking something away, it's from giving other people an opportunity in order to move forward. So, naturally, 
as everything happens with technology, we start to get in the 1950s, 1940s, you get um, television. And you start getting, uh, you watch like, I think I Love Lucy was a big, big deal because um, it was the first time you saw a pregnant woman on television. Now, That's wild. you never saw them sleeping in the same bed. You never saw them nope. kissing. You never saw them do that stuff. But kind of keeping with Lucille Ball. And for those people that don't know anything about Lucille Ball, go look her up. There is mm-hmm. no Star Trek without Lucille Ball. No. Just ask our mom about her, and she can give you the whole story yes. for you. Our mom's like her biggest fan of, of all time, I think. Mm-hmm. I remember the Lucy show being a big deal in our house, and you mentioned the separate bed thing. That always struck me as weird when I was a kid that this married couple would sleep in bed together. Yes. And it, so as technology got there, and then you have the rise of, of feminism— and this concept that, you know what, women should maybe be equal to men, or at the very least, women should be able to get, not be treated worse, is let's mm-hmm. start there. And yeah. you get, like with any movement, there's extremes in these movements, where you would get some of the the so-called women's libbers talking about we should castrate all men or something like that. That wasn't the norm, okay? But of course you had, I'm going to mention somebody you may not even know, but it's one of St. Louis's favorite daughters, uh, Phyllis Schlafly. I know, is is that part of the Schlafly bottle works? I don't think it is. Okay, that's what I know Schlafly from. She was, uh, we were talking beforehand off mic about the Oscars are coming up this weekend and your favorite film, Tar. And, uh, <laughs> not my favorite. Everything, everywhere, all at once is my favorite. Go look at my blog. Yeah. <laughs> but Kate Blanchett, who was in Tar, she actually played yeah. Phyllis Schlafly on a Hulu series about women's lib. Well, Phyllis Schlafly is really the toxic masculinity of women. She was the one out there, like, uh, she was the, the nice woman who made dinner for her husband and baked cookies while these women libbers were burning bras. And Because of that, in the 1970s, you had the Equal Rights Amendment, the ERA, which I think is 26 words long. And it just basically said the government cannot make laws that discriminate against sexes or or genders or races. That's literally all it said. Mm -hmm. It was doing really well. A lot of states passed it. I think it needed 36, 37 states to pass it. And it got up to like 33 or so. And then Phyllis Schlafly and her people said, this means that, and this is going to sound very familiar, but this means that men are going to go to the bathroom with little girls and men are going to compete in girl sports and this and that. And the whole thing became unraveled. And that is why there's no ERA today. That's so stupid. I hate that whole thing. This means men are going to, you know. I know plenty of gay people in my life, and that's the thing, too, that I always hate. A gay man's going to be attracted to any man because they're gay. That's not true. Everybody has their own attractions to stuff, and this whole ideal of, oh, men are going to go to the bathroom with little girls. Like, that's so insane and just so out there and just needs to be stricken from any. That's such a stupid argument. Around the same time, there became, you had the women's lib, there became the men's liberation movement. Now, I'm going to... We, I say that, and immediately we have stuck in our head some, you know, white man complaining about something. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to tell you exactly what the men's liberation movement was, and this is via Wikipedia. It says, acknowledge men's institutional power while critically examining the consequences of a hegemonic masculinity, believing that both men and women suffered in a patriarchal society. I mean, pretty good. 
<laughs> so I don't you, like the whole acknowledge men's power, though. No, but it does. It, it, it Look, it goes with this argument of, like, institutional racism and critical race theory is there has to be an understanding. It's why I say all the time, I said at the beginning, white men have controlled society for 6,000 years. You're, you've got to acknowledge that. In order to acknowledge that there are real problems, you have to acknowledge what the power structure is. Okay. So naturally, there were some thinkers in that movement that did not like this, so it became an idea, and you get this men's rights activists that start coming out of this, that women are actively harming men. Women are inferior to men. White men built the world. White men are the Judeo-Christians of this, and they deserve to be worshipped as gods. They deserve to be treated as gods, and this kind of really started that growth, that movement. And Ty, this is in my lifetime, okay? The it's ERA, crazy. I think, went down in like 1976. That's crazy. I, that, that's nuts. <laughs> like, the fact that this isn't an archaic thing, it, it blows my mind. No, and is, is something else, because I don't want people to get depressed about all this, is a, a thing I really say to my son all the time is the one force that you can never stop is evolution. And I don't mm. mean that from a biological standpoint. I mean it from a sociological standpoint, okay? No matter what, I, I think about this in the span of my life. So I was born in 1975. I was born into the age of women's liberation. And in the 70s, there were... Uh, you know, they start getting uh, women's sports. Title IX comes about. Mm -hmm. Some great, great legislation. The concept of a woman being able to work outside of the household is very much a 1980s thing. Heck, when I was born, there's a lot of states women could not even get credit cards. Jeez. There's a, so a great example, another show that I produce, High Heels in Politics. The host talked with the former treasurer of the United States. She was a treasurer under Bill Clinton. And this woman, still alive, Mary Ellen Withrow, she's, I think, 94 now. But she was the county treasurer of some small county here in Ohio when she was picked to be the U.S. treasurer. When she was first elected in the late 1960s, again, she is the treasurer of the county. She could not legally go into the bank vault without a man. Good Lord. So <laughs> this is, I mean, these are the, the worst. So when I think about those types of things and I think, not only could this woman go be the U.S. treasurer, but she is, I mean, there's women behind her that have done this stuff. There's a woman that's vice president of the United States right now. There, mm -hmm. So in the big grand scheme of things, in the last 50 years, is society better? Yes, it definitely yeah. is. What I'm going to get back to pressing, Ty, is, is things better now than they were five years ago. No, it's because of the former administration, dude. This whole <laughs> well, I'm gonna get former, to that. That former goblin of a wannabe president made all these white racist men think that they were more important than they actually were, and it just became 2016 to 2020 was just an epic failure by our part as a country. It, mm -hmm. it regressed. I always would talk to our dad about this and be like, "Why do these people want to go back to the 50s? The 50s weren't a good time." in America, yet that's all these goblins want to do is go mm -hmm. back to that that time, and that drives me nuts. Again, to go back to where this was, this, uh, this kind of men's liberation movement and some of the things they have done, this is especially in India, but there's been a lot of push. So do you know what a dowry is? Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. You know, it's funny enough, I know that from the Simpsons. mostly from watching <laughs> well, Simpsons and also 90 Day Fiance. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so there was a lot of uh, – there was some stuff in time 
where in India, a lot of husbands would get a dowry and then and then murder their wives. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of people went to actually increase kind of the penalties for it. Now, it's also gone the other way because it always does where there's a lot of men in India that are like, you shouldn't be mad at me for beating my wife. She's my wife. There's a, yeah. But for the most part, starts out good. Uh, adoption. There's a big push by these uh, men's liberation people to allow single unwed men to adopt children. And for a while, that was not possible at all. And okay. trust me, they, we we have way too many kids in foster care. So yeah. anything you could do to put a child in a loving family is definitely worth it. And the work they did early on in that is what has allowed people like Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg and his husband to adopt children. Mm-hmm. So it's the ramifications of what they've been able to do. A lot of other big things are like child custody. You have a situation where for a long time, even today, but for a long time, there's an idea in divorce that the children stay with the mother. And a lot of these men's liberation people sometimes – and look, I grew up with a friend of mine whose parents were divorced. He lived with his father, and it was strange. Now, it's pretty extreme in those situations why they're not living with the mother. We have cousins of ours that when their parents got divorced, they stayed with their dad. And there were mental health issues. That was kind of part of the issue. So there's been these things. Now, again, like everything, it goes the other way. I've got a friend here in Ohio who was physically abused by her husband in front of her children. Yet because of Ohio law, the husband and wife have to share custody. Ridiculous. Yeah. It kind of goes both ways. And, oh, God, what is it? Is it Cordell and Cordell or something like that? Uh, What's Cordell and Cordell? So hold on, I'm going to explain it here. <laughs> okay. it, it's, it's, okay, I'm trying to find the right way to put this. All right. I've seen billboards of those names, but I don't know what it is. Yeah. Okay, so um, I listen to a lot of right-wing radio. Yeah. Which drives me nuts <laughs> that you do that. And I've talked to anybody I know, including family, and like, why would he listen to that nonsense? I won't listen to it with my kid in the car, but man, the moment I drop him off, I turned it on. I just, I, I have... <laughs> no. I have Our to. Our mom listens to it too, and it's because she wants she wants to hear what they have to say. And our mom is as liberal as I am. She disagrees with all that stuff, but I don't understand how you two can put yourself through that. I worked in a dental lab. My first <laughs> job out of college, I worked in a dental lab where my it was me and the owner who worked there. And he would listen to Rush Limbaugh at such a loud volume that it got to the point where I was like, Hey, I, I need to put headphones on because I can't deal with this. And you know what's great about I, Rush Limbaugh? He's dead? Yep. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I just, I couldn't deal with it. It was rah, rah, rah. You know, it's like, again, to the Simpsons, the guy that Homer would listen to on the radio, mm-hmm. at least is like, how how can you listen to this, Dad? <laughs> Birch Barlow. Yeah. <laughs> but when God. Lisa can drive, she can listen to whatever she wants. <laughs> she listened to, I believe it was Billy Joel. No, no St. Elmo's Fire. Elmo's fire. Yeah. <laughs> and before you guys, because I can see the email being written right now, I know the song's called Man in Motion. Deal yeah, with it. Like, <laughs> yell at me about it. I call it St. But fire. no, so um, Cordell and Cordell, divorce. Uh, growing up in St. Louis, I loved Ozzy Smith. And uh, <laughs> as a kid, it was great seeing him do that backflip. Seeing uh, him bounce on that AstroTurf at Bush Stadium like it was a trampoline. I mean, it, it was great. And then as a young adult, when Ozzy Smith retired, I 
I got I was saddened because he was doing these divorce law firm commercials. Yep. <laughs> I remember those too. And it was always kind of a joke. It's even a joke between my wife and I. But listening to right wing radio, you get a certain amount of commercials. Uh, one of my favorite is for a life insurance commercial. Uh, it's called Big Lou. And it's like, are you on your third wife? And she wants the uh, same. Have you heard this one? No, oh, I yeah. have not. Oh, yeah. It's but like, it sounds horrible. Oh, no, it's awesome. It's like, you on your third wife, but now she wants the same coverage that you gave your first two. Well, Big Lou's here for you. And I'm not, I'm not joking. This is not a Saturday Night Live thing. The best part about it is Big Lou, Big Lou knows you, except he's only on wife number two. Oh, that's what they say? I mean, this is a real company? Oh, yes, yes. Uh, that's horrible. That's my fav- horrible. My favorite ever is you'll get commercials for a company, a service, that in case you have a firearm accident or have an intruder, you call this company and they'll provide legal um, support and cleanup. I mean, I'm not kidding. Cleanup? These, yes, yes. What are they, Tarantino? Or not Tarantino, the dude from the Wolf. Fiction. Yeah. Hytel's character? Yep. <laughs> oh God, I hate I hate that so much. So I, I try not to use the word hate, but I literally hate that. So, I, I, so Cordell and Cordell, and this will be a good place to cover the end of the uh, the first half. I believe it's that. So it's a southern sounding guy, okay, and he doesn't have like the hillbilly accent. He's got kind of the more charming southern accent. Okay, and it's always like, here's some advice for men who are going through divorce. Don't let your wife have your cell phone. Change the passwords on it. And remember, it's your house, too. She can't kick you out. Cordell and Cordell is a friend of men. You come to us, and it's literally this law firm, Ty, that That's horrible. is all about protecting men in divorces. Okay? Well, and, it, and it always paints the, the, the other person, the wife, as conniving, as evil, as she's taking your stuff away, stuff that you rightfully earn. He's like, it's your house. It's your kids. It's your phone. It's your, it is, I, I mean, in some ways, I find it fascinating. I, I find it, honestly, I'm going to say inspiring that somebody decided to make their career this way. The reason why I brought no. it up to you is it always ends with Cordell and Cordell has offices in every state. Joe Cordell only licensed in Missouri and Illinois. <laughs> <laughs> so they have stuff in every state but they're only licensed well no, i see, guess the guy who founded the firm is only licensed but i i hate the whole idea of it's your studies no when you enter into a marriage it's ours it's not yours it's our stuff and i'm sure we'll talk more about this in the second half but being an at-home parent i always you know i'll say oh can i buy something my wife will say this is our money Spend something with our money. You don't have to ask me. So for him to say yours and yours with everything, that that really, really irritates me. Yeah. And it it also it breeds this kind of distrust. So Yeah, hundred percent. Again, when you talk about the types of people that listen to right wing radio, uh you have the um I think you have the ignorantly curious, the people that don't know any better, and they're like, Oh, what's this person talking about? You have the cult members, which is, yeah. you know, people that whatever these people say is law. And then you have the educated curious people like our mother or myself. I listen to these law firm commercials, and I do. I find it an absolute joke. But you know what? The majority uh, of people that are listening to this, that is rock-solid advice for them. Because, again, they are the, this is what those, those law firm commercials are. Is you are the man. You are the victim. And we're going to protect you. That that boils my blood. That makes me so 
So I know that you said you find <laughs> comedy in it. I wish I could find comedy because that just makes me so angry. Well, we're going to we're going to take a break here and then I'm going to talk about some of the current players in and some of the websites, the current the current thought process of what's going on. And the reason why look, you and I we're comfortable with who we are. But this mm-hmm. is the world our sons are growing up in now. And and my daughter. Yes. And our nieces. It's worth knowing because the one of the people I'm going to talk about, I knew nothing about a month ago and now I'm weirdly I have this weird, irrational fear about the power this person's ho- this person holds. Oh boy! Hello, all. This is RD. I wanted to talk to you guys about a, another podcast that I do work on it's called High Heels and Politics. It's hosted by Marianne Christie, who I work with here in Southwest Ohio. And Marianne, she interviews a lot of influential people. In Ohio, she's interviewed uh, a lot of political people that are influential. But for those of you outside of this state, She's also interviewed people like Susie Chapstick Chaffee, a former Olympic skier who was the face of Chapstick for the 1970s and 1980s. It's really interesting to listen to that one because she talks about her struggles as a woman in the Olympics, but then how she used her celebrity and her attractiveness in order to get more rights for amateur athletes, which led us today to things like the NIL. Also, Susie was very instrumental in Title IX, which we're celebrating the 50th anniversary of. But it's not all just seriousness. Uh, Marianne has also interviewed the Naked Cowboy, the New York City icon that's been out there. Simon Lease, who a lot of you may know if you've ever seen The People vs. Larry Flint, he was the guy that arrested Larry Flint. He also arrested Jerry Springer when Jerry Springer was a member of the Cincinnati City Council here. So I encourage you guys go to Spotify, Google, Apple, go search High Heels in Politics, follow, subscribe the show. Marianne comes out with a new one every week and... It's an incredibly great conversation, and if you're interested or know anybody that may be on High Heels in Politics, just go to the contact page and talk to us. So let's get back to the conversation. Okay, Ty, let's talk about incels. Uh, You mean the worst of the worst? (laughs) So once again, I went to our little assistant here, and I typed in, what is an incel? ChatGPT is going to call the authorities on me here pretty soon. You're going to have to like wipe all of your, your yeah. memory and stuff on your computer. Now. Yeah. It basically, it says exactly what you think. It's a subculture, refers to involuntary celibate. It says incel subcultures often characterized by toxic attitudes towards women and an overall sense of entitlement towards sex and relationships. Some members of the subculture promote violence and misogyny, blaming women for the lack of success in dating and relationships. Now, and I think this is important, and it says it's important too. It says it's important to note that not all individuals who identify as incels hold these extreme views. Some may simply feel frustrated or lonely in their romantic lives. Nonetheless, the term incels become associated with harmful misogynistic beliefs and behaviors, and it's important to recognize and address these issues. So... This concept that all incels are bad, and it depends on what you think incel means, I think is the important thing. Look, I hate to get personal and things like that, but I probably want sex more than my wife does. Sure. Does that make me an involuntary celibate? No, because you don't patronize her or badmouth her for it. I assume you don't. Not to her face. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm saying you don't like – you know – I'm going to mention the movie Don't Worry Darling has its problems. The, yeah. That movie is not very good. There's a ton of stuff that went on with it. But Harry Styles' character in that movie and Nick Kroll's character and basically Chris Pine's character, those are all 
what I would consider incels yes. because their wives are more successful than they are, yet they have to go live in this fake community and be the head of the household. Yeah. So that was going to be my point. It's in the way when I think of what the word incel has become, it's become this notion of you are owed something. I am not owed yeah. sex from my wife. Nor am I. Yeah. Or anybody out there. And you'll see this every now and then. I, I saw this Reddit thread or something where this guy wrote about how he just absolutely loves a girl he works with and she's so beautiful and all this other stuff. And he finally got the urge to say, hey, we should go out sometime. She's like, oh, I'm sorry. I have a boyfriend. And he's like, I was just crushed and terrible. And he and he gets to have her and he gets to have sex with her and he gets to do this. And I don't get any of that stuff. That's what an incel is. That's where the toxicity again comes into and there's some figures that have risen around this kind of incel thing there's not just figures but there's websites there's a mm-hmm. there's the men going their own way which is like never even heard of it yeah the mg tower whatever i think the first time i heard of this was uh on that pickup artist show on vh1 that we talked about <laughs> I see. I must have not been paying close enough attention to mystery and all his nonsense. Yeah, but it's like the up. the men going their own way. They hate the pickup group, but it's <laughs> it's this group of basically incels. Sorry if you disagree with me, people, but that's who you are. That are like that that have really taken this whole men are superior to women attitude, and everybody needs to be. It's it's white male supremacy is what it is. Hundred percent. And so they do. Now, on the other side of it, you've got there's a website out there called We Hunted the Mammoth. Don't know what that it's is one, either. It's one I, I read every now and then. It's basically it's basically keeping track of these these MG, MG Tau people, these these men going their own way. It's a uh, do you know what the Wonkat is? Nope. Okay, Wonkat is like a super, super left leaning blog that basically takes all the right wing stuff and makes fun of them. We, um, I'm going to start looking at Yes. That. Oh, yeah. Wonkat's great. Wonkat is – I I love the Wonkat. Uh, we Hunted the Mammoth is kind of the same idea. Is okay. kind of this idea of uh, – it looks at things like Daily Wire and the MG Tau and all that stuff, and it basically is like, okay, this is what these morons are doing today. So you I never, you I'm never very, have to I'm very read. proud that I don't know what the Daily Wire is either. Oh, that's Ben Shapiro's site. I only know that name from hearing you and uh, and our father talk about. Okay, him, well, so. I'm I am going to talk about him, but before I go into that, I want to talk a little bit about you, Ty. Yep. Like I said at the beginning, are you a man? Again, I identify as one. I have the body parts. <laughs> I have a beard. I have hair all over my body, except for on my head, where I would love to have some hair. So yes, I I, I consider myself a man. Yes. And I don't want to get in trouble with anybody out there, but I think it's important to use that word, identify. Now, uh-huh. again, I'm not getting in this debate now with people, but there are biological things that have that help determine gender um, mm-hmm. outside of identity. So yeah. let's just stick with the whole, uh, what is it, a Franks and Beans of the situation. Okay, <laughs> Totally, yeah. Just because somebody has the Franks and Beans doesn't mean they're the same kind of man that somebody else is. I am not the same kind of man that you are. It's just that yeah, simple. Totally. We yeah. all have varying different uh, different ranges of where it is. But I think what does define, in a lot of ways, uh, this kind of concept of the man is there's this idea of a protectionist, of, of wanting to protect your family. Again, I'm not saying mm-hmm. women don't want to, but there's this very ingrained – you go back to the whole – 
we hunted the mammoth. The men went out and killed the mammoth while the women made sure they had a home to go to. And these old kind of ideas, but again, these were communal ideas, okay? It wasn't that the man was, and I know I'm going to get in trouble for saying this, but sorry. Men are faster. Men are stronger. Men have these types of things. Women are more intelligent. Women are more compassionate. So understanding these things is important, but it doesn't mean that's all it is. There are levels to it. So mm-hmm. going back to the ins- or going back to you, Ty. Mm-hmm. Where do you go work every day to put food on the on your table? I've mentioned it a lot before. I'm I'm a stay at home parent. I used to work in a dental lab. That's what I went to school for, and I did that. And about nine years ago, my wife, who works in finance and money and stocks and stuff like that, she came to me and said, "The money you make is all going to daycare." I was literally bringing home zero dollars because everything I made we paid for for daycare for our son, who was one and a half at the time. She said, "You should." You've talked to me about it. You've wanted to become a stay-at-home parent. Why don't we try this out to see how it is? The very next day, I put in my two weeks at that job. And ever since then, I've been at home. Every day, I wake up. I give my kids their medicine. I make sure they brush their teeth. I make sure they're dressed for school. And I make them breakfast. And they go about their day. And then I do random stuff. I do the laundry, fold it, put it away. I clean the house. I do the dishes, clean the kitchen every day. I go for runs when I can. But my workplace is my home. And I make $0 doing that while my wife goes to an office every day. Two days a week, she's been working from home because of the pandemic. But my wife goes to an office every day, kicks butt. And uh, we have never been in a better situation than we are today with her working full time and me doing the duties of an at-home parent. When did your penis fall off? It's still here. Oh, I, oh. <laughs> I helped create two kids with it. It's funny. You and our oldest brother like to. I got a vasectomy after my daughter was born. You and, you and our oldest brother like to say I don't have part of my body part, but it's, it's still there. So yes, but my it, it's all still there. Right. So this is this is my point. You go, you listen to these quote unquote men's rights activists and these people. The people I'm going to talk about now today. They have this very sense of, I am the man of the house. I am the power structure. I am the one that does this. I Again, talk about Phyllis Schlafly. She was way more well-known than her husband, who was like 20 years older than her. But it was very important that she was the woman of the house. She was the woman who cooked dinner. She was not woman of the house, that she was the secondary person. That's the That's the image that she she put forward there on what the woman was. So as these men and women, I mean, go look at any woman on Fox News, and they're just as toxic about masculinity as any of the men are. They give rise to this, okay? So let's talk about Donald Trump. But I hate (laughs) him so much. Well, this is because of what has happened, and I go back to where I said I was born when the ERA was being honestly discussed. That could never happen today. So in the 1980s, Donald Trump was all over the news. He was, uh, uh, you know, a playboy. He was uh, this kind of macho guy. Everybody loved him. Every he was always in the the um, what you call it the tabloids, things like that. He he represents this kind of like you know American go go 80s masculine masculinity. But he now, is a coward. Oh, hold on. At the same and time, a womanizer and a horrible person. At the same time, in his first divorce trial, his lawyer argued that he could have not raped his wife because it was his wife. So admitted that he raped her. Trump Tower was built with a bunch of um, Polish immigrants who he never paid. 
this myth of Donald Trump, it didn't care as he was a man. That's what they used to say. And then the 90s, he became a joke because he is a joke. And then The Apprentice came around. And everybody loved that Donald Trump would get these kids in the room and tell them about how to good, do good business and then tell them that they're fired. It was a very kind of strong, masculine thing. And because of the idiots in our media, because of the way we portrayed it, Donald Trump became this idea of pure American masculinity. And then in 2016, Ugh. while he took third or fourth place in all of these presidential primaries and while the Republican Party put 20 people on stage, which you know what? I wouldn't have voted for any of them. But yeah. this one guy who admitted that he's a misogynist, that he's a white supremacist, who has no problem mm-hmm. with it, gathered. And look, I know a lot of Republicans. They're not racist, but 20 percent of their party is. Okay, twenty mm-hmm. percent of the Democratic Party is probably racist too. And if you sure. got some Democrat to come out there and say things like "we need to put all black people in a gated village" or something like that, they're not going to win their primary. Okay, no. <laughs> so, no. but Trump did win, and when he finally amazingly won the presidency, you he, had this. Uh, oh, go ahead. It should be a popular vote thing. I just yeah. no people can't see, but I'm very very frustrated oh. right. But it wasn't just important about somebody this terrible ascending to the presidency. It created this whole kind of group around that were there to uplift his his idea, the idea of who he is. And I'm going to talk about three people in particular, four, but the fourth one is going to be last. I'm going to talk a little bit about Ben Shapiro, Jordan Peterson, and Tucker Carlson. Again, I don't know who (laughs) Shapiro is other than her father, but I despise those other two people you're talking about. I mean – Tucker Carlson complained about an Eminem being too sexy. Yeah, I, or not I just, sexy I, enough. Or whatever the hell he complained about. It's absolutely absurd, and these guys are as stupid as they get out there, and I cannot believe even a company like Fox News would give them a platform to talk about this. It makes me so, well, so, so... Say what you want about Democrats. Say anything you mm-hmm. want. I don't care. I've been a Democrat my whole life. At least we're not stupid enough to put these people on a pedestal. No. And the reason why, look, I could, there's tons of other people I could have talked about. I could have talked about the Glenn Becks, the Sean Hannity's, the Bill O'Reilly's. There's a reason I want to pick on these three, though, or I want to pick these three, because it goes to this kind of toxic masculinity, especially white masculinity. So uh, Shapiro, he he was a lawyer, and he wanted to become like a Hollywood screenwriter and absolutely failed at that. So he, you know, went out there, created his own company, Daily Wire, that puts out all of these um, these kind of right-wing things, but they're for younger people. So what's her name, who uh, the day we recorded this, the day after the first new Mandalorian was on, and they've gotten rid of oh, yeah. Zena Carino. I uh, heard that they uh, basically gave her a poochie send-off. Yes, yes. Died on the way to her <laughs> home planet. Um, That's awesome. Which really sucks, because her character's from Alderaan, so whatever. But uh, no, uh, um, I Don't spoil that yet. I haven't watched it yet. <laughs> oh, I haven't either. I haven't okay. either. But my point is, when she completely blew up her career, she yeah. ran over to Daily Wire. That's what Daily Wire is, okay? It's there to... Yep. Now, Ben Shapiro... Go the, and, well, and go read about her, because she put out a movie, a quote-unquote, like not woke movie or whatever and it totally tanked. oh yeah yeah totally it's one wild. of these daily wire things so yep. ben shapiro again he's this younger guy really captures the kind of quote-unquote younger alt-right even though he says he ben shapiro says he's not part of it but he's i, I don't encourage i'm not playing any clips from him because my head will no. explode 
He talks very fast. He has, I think, a, like a daily podcast. But he exists mainly that any time one of these men's rights people do something wrong, he's there to protect them, is what he's Ugh. there to do. What so a scumbag. Even I can't remember what it was, but it was like Home Depot, which don't shop at Home Depot, people. No, don't. It's, please don't shop there. But I guess after they got in trouble for being anti-trans or gay or something like that, Ben Shapiro famously like went to Home Depot, bought one board, one wooden board, had it in a bag, and was like outside holding it to show how much he supported Home Depot. He he is the most unmasculine pro masculinity guy ever. Okay. That's what I think you'll come to realize too about these people when you look them up is that they're not who they profess to be. No, they're they're not that person at all. They're they're phony. They're just like Josh Hawley. Yes, they're, they're yes. fake. They're yeah. fake wannabe posers and yeah josh holly's big buddies with all these people but uh let me talk about dr jordan peterson i remember <laughs> when i don't know what was going on but i remember there was a i think it was a video of him or maybe one of his buddies going around that getting punched in the face and nothing made me happy oh that. yeah that was richard spencer the nazi yeah guy, but yeah that's right yeah. yeah they're all the again i'm gonna paint a broad brush <laughs> these guys, they're all the same to me no they are Jordan Peterson, he's a uh, he's a clinical psychologist by trade. And in the last few years, he's been around a long time. He's been one of these kind of pro men. And this is something I'm going to say about um, Jordan Peterson. Now, he's with Daily Wire, all this stuff. And I first heard about him. I was listening to, I think it was Behind the Bastards. And they did like a mystery science theater on his pro men documentary called Dragons and Monsters and Men. Oh and my god. It, it's all the whole the whole like I watched part of it. I'm not going to pay for Daily Wire so I can't watch the whole no. thing. But um it it's like the music's like Game of Thrones and here's some things that Jordan Peterson says though. He says, "Look, if you're a young man and you're having trouble finding a girlfriend, you know what you need to do? You need to go get a job because women like men that that work." And yeah, and he's talking to young men. You need to clean your room. You need to wash yourself. You need to brush your teeth. You need to become presentable. All that sounds great. Okay, I don't disagree with him on any of this stuff. But then he says, if you do all that stuff, then you are entitled to a woman. No, no, you're not. And that's where they go too (laughs) far. That's not true. (laughs) (laughs) And so and he says, if you do all that stuff, you do the things he says to be a successful man. It is now the woman's fault if they don't come to you. How is he any different than mystery? A guy who's mocked. Yeah. Wherever he goes now. To be fair. To be fair, most of the world mocks Jordan Peterson also. Okay. Again, I I am proud to say that I don't know enough about these people. No. (laughs) And then Tucker Carlson. Or cannot stand him. (laughs) And a stupid bow tie. Good God, I despise that man. Or as John Oliver calls him, this effing guy. Yeah. I despise that child, that poser that fake that phony that well he is and he's he's a traitor to the united states he's a hundred percent awful terrible human being he's a when we talk about the term nepo baby he sued his mother's estate because he didn't get enough of an inheritance he thought so um this is no he's an awful human being i mean awful human being but he about a year ago, and I do encourage people, there's a Rolling Stone article that's called, uh, the title is Man Boobs and Raw Eggs, The Most Absurd Moments from Tucker Carlson's Ball Tanning Special. What? <laughs> so <laughs> Fox News has some streaming service, and uh, Tucker did some uh, like documentary on the end of men is what it's called. 
and how men need to reclaim stuff. And I kid you not, Ty, there's a whole thing in there about this guy talking about how you have to get this special device to, like, tan your testicles so you become more of a man. What? (laughs) Yeah. I got, oh, by the way, this whole thing, so, too. How does that make you more of a man? I, this whole uh, special, too, is one of the most homophobic things I've ever seen. You think of a. Sure, I'm sure it is. You think of the righteous gemstones and all those muscle guys for Jesus. Yeah, that's, what this whole, and all yes, guys. that's what this whole thing is. Oh, wow. And it's, uh, it's all these different science things and stuff, which is why men are failing and why the world in turn. Tucker Carlson's view is the world is failing because we're not letting white men be men. Okay, so I think I brought this up to you before, and I know I brought it up to our father before, but like these three guys you mentioned, they're the ones who, these three guys and their followers, they're the ones after 2016, and I was all upset, and then 2020 when Biden won, and I was all excited. They're the ones who called me a snowflake. Yes. And said that I was woke, and it called me, I don't want to say it on here, a lib, T-A-R-D is what they called me all the time, mm-hmm. and- they're the ones who you watch videos of them, and when they get all passionate about this stuff, they're the ones who are crying. Oh, yeah. They're the ones who are complaining that everything's not going their way, that they need. So, aren't they the snowflakes? So, um, when, if you could look this up, but it was, you talked about Don't Worry, Darling. And yeah. uh, Olivia Coleman is, I think, who directed it? Olivia Wilde. Oh, Olivia Wilde, that was it. Who yeah, directed and, it. Yeah. Smart. And, and she said, uh, she was mentioning, I think it was Chris Pine's character, and she said he was based off Jordan Peterson. Jordan okay. Peterson went on this podcast, and I kid you not, Ty, he started crying. He cried? Yes. And yet I'm the liberal snowflake woke one? Yes. Because I can see the humor in a character like that and why that character is so despicable? Yep. He went on a podcast and <laughs> cried. Yep. What What did his father... Because isn't their whole thing too is like men don't cry and men do this and men do that. They're always crying on TV. But again, it's a cult. So. It's a cult. He went on Joe Rogan one time, and I, I still Another to this day I cannot stand. He actually went all. on Joe Rogan and talked about how it's there's no such thing as climate change because nobody can really study the climate. And then suddenly, all these climate scientists were like, "You two yeah. are morons." But anyway, exactly. But no, he they don't care if, if their cult leader does it. But that's insane because they will come to me. Again, I had a very good friend growing up who we've fallen out, Mm -hmm. and he called me all those names because I think gay people should get married. I think if you're trans, good, go for that. I don't want guns around. Like, I'm all against, I'm as liberal as they come, and he called me all those names. Mm -hmm. But when our friendship started to kind of shatter, he was the one who would email me crying and complaining about stuff or call me and crying. And I very calmly should be like, I can't do this anymore. We mm-hmm. can't be. So why am I the liberal snowflake and he's this tough macho man who, you know, I don't I don't get that. Because they're all victims. To Everything to them is victims. <laughs> they're not victims. Though. I know. Like, that's are, the thing. I know. So I'm going to end <laughs> get this. Get me all riled up, dude. <laughs> so I'm going to end this on what inspired this whole thing. Currently rotting in a Romanian jail on charges of underage sex trafficking is a real piece of garbage by the name of Andrew Tate. And I only know about him because I follow Greta Thunberg, who I adore. So So she went after him so hard, too, and I loved it so much. Oh, yeah. No, no. It's it's this story has a happy ending. That's what I'm going to say. So Emery Andrew Tate, the third. He was country club name. Yeah. Very well known as like a a kickboxer. But if you go and again, uh, behind the bastards did a big series on him. I encourage people. They have, you know, 
just this this guy's a real piece of work but he was i think a semi-successful kickboxer there's a lot of talk about whether or not he was or not but he was a kickboxer he's on the british big brother which he um he was kicked off of but he says for all these things but the big thing he did is a you know, two big things. He and his brother, first off, started a uh, webcam studio uh, with a bunch of women. And uh, this was Horrible. in Britain. And he had to he had to leave Britain because, and again, go listen to the Behind the Bastards on this, basically admitted to a woman on a voicemail that he did rape her. So he left Britain. Uh. You go, if you go look at this rape case, it's, it's terrible. The way the British police... Um, you know, handle it. I can't find the quote offhand, but it was like he went to Romania because, and he said this publicly, it's a more corruptible government that you can get away with a lot more stuff, you know, like sex trafficking. So also about Andrew Tate, though, is he is very much uh, like Jordan Peterson talks about work hard, do this, but him is, it's about the hustle. He even had this hustle, hustlers you, where you could pay 50 bucks a month for these courses that he would teach about like how to get one up on people. And he was all about this, like, I've got fast cars, I've got this, I've got all these hot women around me. I'm he created this thing called Top G. You gotta be a top G, which is, you know, what does you, that even mean? Yeah, I don't know. But you're like a man's man. It's all this just pure concepts of masculinity of just Is it like Ali G come to life? Oh yes. Oh yes. I didn't even think about that. Okay. All right. Well, that's just what popped in my head when you were talking about that. But everything about him, and again, it's all in the open that he's doing the sex trafficking. It's all around all of this stuff. And he was on Tucker Carlson and he's like, I'm the most Googled man ever. And so Carlson loved him and he endorsed Donald Trump because Donald Trump has the whole top G attitude and all this stuff. And predictably, like you said, again, this has a happy story, happy ending. He goes after Greta Thunberg and, um, you know, basically is like, you ain't no man. You're, you have no wiener. And, She's like, yeah, whatever, because he's talking about his cars and how great all his cars are. And in the video where he decides to crush on her, and mind you, he's being sought after by the authorities for sex trafficking. Mm -hmm. He's got a pizza box. Yeah. And the (laughs) Romanian police noticed that that pizza place is only in a few areas. So they found him and his brother, and he's sitting in jail. And what's even better about... Andrew Tate, you know, he shaved his head. He's this very, he's got like, you know, he's very muscular. He's got this like kind of alpha male look. They showed him the other day and he's going bald. <laughs> Hilarious. <laughs> and that's coming from a bald man, but I am bald. No. I wear it proudly because I can. Yeah, right. That's what I'm saying. To him, hilarious. it's like the worst thing ever. And of course, Elon Musk restored this, this criminal's Twitter account. And it's. You know, every now and then he'll he'll be you can tell he's just going insane. He he yeah. was the supposed to be and my son told me, I asked him, Do you know who Andrew Tate is? Oh yeah. Oh, a lot, really? of, a lot wow. of kids in my school love him. He's got great cars, he's got this. Now my son doesn't watch him, but I didn't know who he was until this whole story broke with Greta Thunberg and everything. So to put a bow on all this, Ty, I mean I wanted to kind of tell this story in history, but I want to say, look, at the end of the day, you're always found out. Donald yeah. Trump is a shambling wreck of a human being sitting inside his own little personal cell, yelling at the same people, saying the same things. He is nothing. Mm-hmm. He is nothing but alone, and he knows he's alone. Tucker Carlson is a traitor to this country that made his yep. family successful. 
Ben Shapiro and Jordan Peterson are just absolutely lonely piles of garbage, and Andrew Tate is rotting in a Romanian jail. So while it may while look losing his hair, yes. So <laughs> while it may look dark, while it may look bad, I actually. I said off uh, off mic, we were watching an old movie from the 60s, and they had a gay slur in it. My son had never heard that word. Yeah. And Even I, though this all sucks, Ty, I think things are getting better. Yeah, and I think I just go back to, like, I don't see more liberal left-wing people promoting extremists as much as they do. You know, like, there's, I'm sure there's some in the party that I don't know about, but I do. I've heard these names of these people because networks put them on, and then websites that I do follow make fun of them for ridiculous stuff. Now this whole ball tanning thing is one of the <laughs> stupidest things I've ever heard of in my life. But Tucker Carlson went on his whole rant about M&Ms and I remember telling our dad it's candy. Who mm-hmm. cares? But I think my big thing is I handle this stuff like an adult. These people who call me a, a snowflake and say I'm too woke. They're the ones who go on podcasts and cry, mm-hmm. go on TV shows and cry. So what is that really and I have no problem with crying. I, showing yeah. your emotions is a great thing. But if if I were to do something like that and these people caught wind of it, they'd be like, look at that liberal snowflake crying on TV. But when they do it, it's somehow I, I, they're the ones who cry all the time when something doesn't go their way. They're the ones who act like children, childish babies who spoiled rotten babies who didn't get their way. So it's just it's so funny to me. And it's so ironic that they made up this term for people, yet they're the ones who act like that all the time. So I... These people, they may boil my blood and bug me, but I am not worried about them for a second. Well, and there was recently a 2023 survey, so very recent, on Andrew Tate in Britain. He was big. You know, that's where he lived for a while. And it was that uh, 45% of British men aged 16 to 24 had a positive view of him. The same group of women, 16 to 24, 1% had a positive view. Good. So <laughs> That's good. I mean that that's where it is at the end. And I, I say this and this is this is what gives me hope all the time. These people are always found out. Mm-hmm. Always. Totally. Yeah, and it's always so gratifying when they are found out. So Ty, if somebody needs to grab a light beer in the backyard and toss a football around with you to remember what it was like to be a man, where are they gonna find you? <laughs> I don't want to hang out with that person for one. <laughs> but for two, no, you can find me on Instagram and Facebook, Ty Kulik, T-Y-K-U-L-I-K, all lowercase. Go check out my stuff on Seedsing, S-E-E-D-S-I-N-G.com. I've been watching a lot more movies lately, and I've been writing about those. I write about sports. I write about music, all that type of stuff on there. Check it out, Seedsing, S-E-E-D-S-I-N-G.com. Go check out my buddy Glenn Adams' podcast, Chucklehead Chat. I've been on it a couple times, but he's got some great episodes that I haven't been on, especially one about the South City Parking Wars. Fantastic episode. Go check that one out, Chucklehead Chat. But you can hear me on this podcast, the X Millennial Man podcast. Great review us. Check out our Patreon. Do all that good stuff. Uh, and as always, Black Lives Matter. Yeah, repeat all that. Seed saying X Millennial Man. Also watch out on this feed here for... Old ordinary and white, because uh, I may I may think that the white man needs to give up control, but you know I still have a microphone, so I'm going to yell about it some more. <laughs> totally. But uh, yeah, and uh, a little on. So with that being said, we thank you for your years. Anything else that you may use to listen to the Ex Millennial Man podcast? Remember, we're here every Saturday for free wherever you find your fine podcasting shows. And Ty, it's a uh, 
I, I know you talked about you're going out running. My son's doing track, and I'm getting back to walking around outside, so go enjoy the weather. You do the same. All right, see ya. Take it easy. The X Millennial Man Podcast is a production of SeedSing.com, fully owned by R.D. Kulik and Associates, LLC. Producers Ty Kulik and Ryan Kulik, adequately engineered by Ryan Kulik.